Welcome to another Co-op Conversations podcast episode. Each episode features different guests living in housing cooperatives in various parts of the world. Through these conversations, you'll learn more about life in a housing cooperative for children, teenagers, parents, and seniors. In one episode, we take a slightly different approach and we talk to Brenda Torpy from Burlington, Vermont, who is a longtime champion of the community land trust model, a land ownership model that some housing co-ops also use. I'm Julie LaPalm, Secretary General of Cooperative Housing International, or CHI. I deliver CHI's work program, which includes communications, education, and knowledge sharing, governance, and collaborations. Cooperative Housing International is one of the sectoral organizations of the International Cooperative Alliance, which is the global apex body representing all cooperatives. CHI raises awareness about cooperative housing by promoting its successes on a global level. We also facilitate networking opportunities via knowledge sharing events. If you go to our first podcast episode, we explain housing cooperatives. If you want to learn more about the different types of housing cooperatives or find out more about the work we do, please head over to our website at housinginternational.coop. Today, I talked to four youth in their early teens who live in Sarcy Meadows Housing Cooperative in Calgary, Alberta, here in Canada. We also have with us Kathy Obishon, who also lives at Sarcy Meadows and is part of a group called the Women's Circle that has received recognition and awards for the excellent community, community work that it does. Kathy asked the youth to each write an essay about growing up in a housing co-op which she sent to me, which we have shared in a recent e-bulletin. They are really fantastic and really capture the spirit of Sarcy Meadows Housing Co-op and the sense of community and solidarity that the co-op members have created. We like to feature some fun facts about the city that the co-op is located in. So Calgary, which is in Alberta, one of the Western provinces in Canada, has the most volunteers per capita than any other city in Canada. It is also Canada's sunniest city with 333 sunny days per year. It is also a very young city with the median age being 36. And it also features a dozen theater companies. So very artistic and theatric city. So welcome Fariha, Fat Fatima, Zaid, and Juju, and a special welcome to Kathy for introducing me to these four young members uh, of your housing co-op and for coordinating this session. So let's start with you, Kathy, so that you can set the stage for us and tell, tell us a bit about uh, Sarsi Meadows Co-op, uh, how and when it was started, how many people live there, and, uh, and then maybe you can also describe the, the women's circle for us. Hi, Julie. Thank you for having us. In preparation for this podcast, I went back to our Sarsu Meadows 30-year anniversary newsletter published August 1998, and Janine Bell, our Sarsu Meadows Committee and Volunteer Coordinator. Let me tell you a bit about Sarsu Meadows. We are one of Canada's first housing cooperatives and the first one in Calgary. Sarsu Meadows was officially incorporated September 5th, 1968. The founding fathers of Sarsu Meadows were a group of dedicated and visionary individuals who were interested in providing Calgarians with alternatives in housing. It was these people who gave their time and energy to see Sarsu Meadows through the planning and development phase. We owe these men and women a great deal. 
If we can claim any success today, it is largely due to the hard work and foundations laid by these and others who would join them to see Sarsi Meadows become a reality. We have 388, 380 homes comprising of two, three, and four bedroom townhouses. We have 35 acres of land and our, our mortgage was paid off in 2013. Currently, we have 1,000 members and residents living in Sarsi Meadows. Of those, 196 are youth ages newborn to 18, and 240 members are seniors 65 years of age and older. Our eldest is having her 98th, 99th birthday next month. 23 of our homes still have original members living in, in them. Our members are business owners, pharmacists, engineers, philanthropists, teachers, professors, single parents, and more. From young families up to retired seniors, we welcome everyone. Our first members moved into Sarsi Meadows in August 1971. People moved in with the idea of saving money to buy a home, but as many say, you'll take me out of here in a pine box and I feel the exact same way. In August 1972, we still had 122 vacant units. The concept of cooperative housing was new. Now we have a constant wait list with potential members waiting upwards of five years to move in. One of our members, Graham Lundquist, has been an employee of Sarsi Meadows since 1985, indicating Sarsi Meadows is not just a great place to live, but also to work. Sarsi Meadows was intended to be, and indeed, a family community. A lot of children grew up in Sarsi Meadows, and a lot are now living here, raising families of their own. In the fall of 2014, a community social worker came to our general manager to ask about what she felt the community needed. The biggest worry was the Sarsi Meadows was becoming divided, not because of racism, but because of fear. Nobody knew how to interact with each other. They're afraid of offending each other. Members wanted to get to know each other, but didn't know how. As Sarsi Meadows has grown and the years have gone by, the face of Sarsi Meadows has changed. The Women's Circle was established and had our first official meeting December 4th, 2014, to find a way to include and create a way of understanding between the established members of Sarsi Meadows and new families moving into Sarsi Meadows. The diversity of our community is a strength to be celebrated. Getting to know our neighbors, where they come from, what their cultural traditions may be, and seeing that for all of our differences, there are so many things we share in common. The Women's Circle works together to address challenges and celebrates the diversity that is, strength, that is the strength of our community. We were presented with an award for cooperative achievement in 2017 by the Cooperative Housing Federation Canada for building bridges in our community, living diversity, and reminding us all that everyone benefits when all cultures feel welcomed and included. One of the many things that have come from our Women's Circle is watching the youth of our Sarsi Meadows and seniors engage and participate in the initiatives we come up with. Everything from cleaning up our community on Earth Day to feeding the homeless and so much more. They are our future leaders and they're watching our every move. So we owe it to ourselves and to them to be the best that we can be. It is a true privilege to live here and enjoy the community life. Oh, thanks, Kathy. That's a really nice, uh, really nice story and really, really interesting to hear about how at one stage you had a waiting list or, you know, you had empty vacant houses and, and now you have a waiting list and, and you know, people wanting to, to live there and, and a very diverse mix of ages and, and, uh, and just various types of people living there. So it's really nice to see that, to see that, that evolution. 
and the first housing co-op in in Calgary, uh, and not not the last. I, I'm, there's a few other ones that, that have joined Thirsty Meadows since then. So um, so let's start with Fadiha. Uh, can you tell us how old you are and uh, what grade you're in and how long you've been living in the co-op? Hello, my name is Fariha Muhammad. I am 12 years old. I live in a family of seven, my mom, my dad, my elder brother, my big sister, my little sister, my little, and my little brother. I'm the middle child. But yeah, so you're in your essay, you wrote about how you live next to, to the park, to, to Central Park, not, not the New York City Central Park, but the Calgary Central Park. And, uh, and that you're always running into people you know, and that you used to go to your neighbor's houses, your friend's houses uh, after school, you know, if your mom wasn't, wasn't home. Um, so tell me how living in your co-op has made you feel at home. Well, I feel comfortable living in a co-op because I know like every time I walk outside the door, I always see someone familiar. And that comforts me knowing that there's so many people nearby. I just know that I'm safe. And then I have a sense of safety and security. And it just fills me with joy to see so many people like living beside me. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's nice to, to have that, that sense of security, especially in the city. So your mom is a founding member of the Women's Circle, and you, you said that these women uh, define the word compassion, and you even call them superheroes. So how, how are you involved in the Women's Circle, and, and how has it, has it influenced you? Well, sometimes when my mom and the Women's Circle organizes events and hosts gatherings, my mom will sometimes take me and my siblings, like for example, homeless feeding and Earth Day. And in co because of COVID this year, a lot of our seniors weren't able to go out because of their birthday. So Kathy and a lot of the other women from the women's circle decided to have a sort of virtual outside on the porch sort of tiny birthday. And it was really nice because every time we did that, we'd see another senior like when they smile, just coming outside, seeing that everyone was just there holding balloons and a banner and a tiny gift. It made me feel happy to see they're happy. And that was just so nice because knowing that you help someone, it just really makes you feel happy. Yeah, imagine, imagine how they feel as well. Seeing you, seeing you feel happy that you're seeing them happy. <laughs> it's a chain reaction. Yeah. Fatima, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Fatima Sheikh. I'm 14 years old. And I'm in grade nine. I attend the school nearby, Glamorgan TLC. And I'm going to, this is my last year in Glamorgan. So it's kind of exciting and nerve wracking at the same time. Why, why is it nerve wracking? Because you, you're you going to be going to a different school next year. Yeah. yeah. The, the fear of the unknown. Yeah. So in your essay, you talked about how immigrating to Canada wasn't easy on your for your parents. So how has life in the co-op made it easier for you? Well, everyone in the co-op, everyone we've met is really accepting and they're really open-minded. So that's really what I really like about the people who live here. There's no one who really discriminates anyone based on their religion or race or skin color. Everyone's really accepting. I like that. So it just made everything easier. 
And, and you also said in your essay that uh, living in a co-op is never dull. Can you explain why that is? Well, since everyone, everyone here, we're all neighbors, we're all friends, we know each other. So we always hold events and like cultural days and different sort of celebrations. And like Farih has said, going around celebrating the seniors' birthdays, things like that. It's never really dull. It's nice living here. So speaking of birthdays, our next guest is Juju. <laughs> Tell us how old you are today, Juju. Hi, my name is Juju. I turned 13 today, and I am really happy that I'm finally a teenager because I've been waiting for this for as long as I can remember. And I'm also the oldest of three siblings. It can be really tough sometimes, but it's also nice. And I've been living in Sarsi for six years. We moved in 2014, and I do not regret moving here. Nice. In your essay, you wrote about the, the seventh co-op principle of concern for community. So tell me more about how you have seen this principle in action at Sarsi Meadows. So here, like, even like before COVID at the Women's Circle, we always used to have like events and like used to hang out or we just used to have like coffee with each other or like just meet in each other's living rooms. And like in COVID after that, it was kind of like, um, we didn't know what to do and everybody was stuck. But like together as like the Women's Circle and as a co-op, we, we like didn't just think about ourselves. We also thought about like the other people, like the seniors, how like Freehan and um, Fatima mentioned. It was really nice like seeing them and they were like really happy and we really enjoyed giving them gifts. And I never understood, like I got that they were so happy, but I never understood like the real happiness of it. To, but like today, Mary came to my house and she gave me like um, flowers and a card. And I was like, actually so happy because it was like so unexpected. I didn't even know that she knew my birthday and it was like really nice. So I kind of felt what they felt. And like, it made me feel really happy that like we could be doing that for them in COVID. And also like, not only is our concern for like our co-op, we also like care about like the people outside, like the homeless people. We went like homeless feeds before COVID um, and the homeless feeds, they were really like humbling to see like how some people had like so much less than us. And it made us like, made me really grateful about like what I had and like, just like the small things, like just having a roof over my head. I like appreciated that way more. Well, that's nice. Yeah. It's because, uh, you know, we take things for granted and, and it's it's only when we see people that are less fortunate than us that we realize that we're we're quite lucky. So thanks for sharing that, Juju. Zaid, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Zaid and um, I'm 14 years old right now. And I've been in the Sarsi for the past nine years and it's been amazing. Um, I've made a lot of friends. Yeah. And um I'm actually the oldest. I have two younger sisters. And in your essay, you talked about Earth Day and how you were picking up litter for two hours in the neighborhood, which was exasperating but rewarding um, at the same time. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? So basically, like, um, I mean, all day you're picking up garbage. It does get kind of, you know, like annoying and stuff but I found it really helpful that after a while we took a big break and then we went and played so you had uh, so it wasn't just all work you you had uh, some time to celebrate afterwards well it is a celebration after all <laughs> and in 
So I'm going to read a, a, a quote from your essay. You say, I love being part of Sarsi because of its atmosphere. Everyone is tight knit and we all have the energy and intimate relationship a family should have. We don't shy away from expressing anything to each other and it's just a great vibe. So you can, can you describe the, the vibe for our listeners? So basically like um, it's always, whenever you're gathered around with friends and family, there's just like such happiness around in the air. We always just um, bring about stuff about our family and stuff like that. We're always very personal with each other and um it's just, yeah, like just a great vibe. Like I said, it's very um, comforting, yeah. And then you also mentioned that, um, you know, that you, you feel free to express yourself. So can you, can you talk about that a little bit? So, yeah, because like since I've had these friends for so long, right? So um, I can basically say everything I feel about myself and stuff like that to them. It's basically, I feel secure and yeah. That's nice. So I'm going to talk about the, the women's circle a little bit and, and, and how each of you have been involved in, in some way. So Juju, we'll start with you. In your essay, you talked about sharing food with your co-op neighbors. So how, how have you been doing that during the pandemic and, and what impact um, is that having on your community? Um, so yeah, so like we have like um, Ramadan, um, it comes once every year and like in that it's a very like happy time, everybody's like cooking good foods and stuff. So it's really fun sharing the foods. Last year, first when COVID came, I was like kind of like stressed. I was like sad. I was like, what's going to happen to like all of our traditions and everything. But I was really happy that they still stayed and like some people like some of our seniors who like wanted to try our food we collaborated with Kathy and then Kathy like told us of people who would want to try our food and then we like just went over um dropped off the food like with our masks on and then it was really happy even though like we had masks you could like still see like our eyes were shining so bright like that's how big their smiles were yeah I'm super excited because Ramadan's coming up soon so me and my mom were already thinking of meals that we could start making to give to people Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I worked in, a, it wasn't a co-op, but it was a, a nonprofit housing apartment. And there were a lot of people from Somalia that were living there. And uh, yeah, so I, I learned all about Ramadan when I was working there and ate really well. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. So Fatima, so your mom is also in the women's circle and you talked about hijab day and feeding the homeless and celebrating the seniors' birthdays, which a few, few, a few of you have mentioned. Um, so tell me what you enjoy about these activities. What I enjoy about it mostly is that we all gather around and we contribute to it together. We all help each other out. And um, it's just mainly because a lot of our friends and family, we come and meeting, I guess, because of the hijab day, we get to teach them about our culture and like the importance of hijab and yeah. And so do you find that that has helped uh, the, the other co-op members understand different cultures better? Definitely, yeah. And Fariha, um, on every other Saturday um, before COVID, you would go downtown with your mom and, and Auntie Kathy and many of your neighbors and their kids to feed the homeless. So can you explain your involvement in that and, and what you miss about it? Because it's not happening right now, right? Well, see, 
when I went to homeless feeding, there would be like these gigantic lines from basically, it was a gigantic line just from like there to all the way over there of just people. And then there would be these tables just stacked with food with like soups and rice and all these goodies and treats. And then Auntie Kathy, my mom, and all these other ladies from the women's circle would just stand at those tables and serve these people. And I found that so incredibly heartwarming, knowing that these people were there for them. And what's so incredibly like nice about the women's circle, they do all these events for like nonprofit purposes because they're volunteering for other for the benefit of the community. And that was honestly so heartwarming. I I honestly jumped for joy when when like I saw that. And even when it was very, very cold out, they still would just wear jackets and gloves and then just go. And I honestly wouldn't, I, I don't know anyone who would wait, want to go out on a cold Saturday night instead of watching Netflix. When they did that, I was shocked. I couldn't believe my eyes. Well, yeah, it's a lot more rewarding than watching, watching a movie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zaid, what was uh, an activity that you enjoyed doing the most uh, with the women's circle and, and why? Um, I would say um, homeless feeding because when I every time I would go to feed the homeless, I would feel incredibly humbled because uh, there's people around that are less fortunate than me, and I'm getting a chance to help them. And basically, for me, that was that just made my day that day, and I would just come back home feeling amazing. And I thought that was like a really good uh, thing that the women's circle presented to us. And yeah, oh, nice. So, Kathy, how, how does it feel to be called auntie by all these youth? Well, just listening to these kids talk, <laughs> it um, makes me cry. <laughs> like, I am so proud to hear uh, everything that they're having to say. And I'm, I'm so proud to hear about the, um, uh, the influence that we have on all of you guys. Like it's uh, um, from the seniors' birthdays to the, uh, like I say, you know, when the women's circle um, first came about, it was uh, something so simple, just 10 of us getting together. And as time um, went on, we started getting more and more recognition. And I always would think to myself, like, why? Like, why is the women's circle being so recognized? And then one day I saw in the news, it was the day that we had our culture event. Um, and while I was watching the news, it was this bombing and this shooting and this, you know, all these different things going on. And the very last story that evening was the women's circle. And that's when I had my aha moment. I just thought the world just needed something soft, a soft place to land. And that's what we were. And so, yeah, being called Auntie Kathy, Kathy Auntie by these uh, these kids makes me feel so good like it's um they were all as you say as the kids say we're all one big family and uh everybody's there to support each other even though we're not seeing each other all the time because of covid we all are always connected we're always uh emailing with each other what's up we're always in contact with each other so yeah no it's it's very special to be uh having the kids a part of this uh this podcast today because yeah we have some very special kids that's for sure teenagers too <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i don't think they're kids anymore <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> they are future so, so yes. do these youth give you hope for for our future oh my gosh you know it's um yeah like i said seeing 
uh, something that happened just recently. Uh, one of our seniors, for instance, uh, uh, he's been a, a member in Sarsen Meadows for a very long time. We had heard that he was uh, not doing well. He had cancer. And uh, we knew he wasn't going to make it much longer. And uh, so I said, sent a message out to the ladies and the kids. And I said, can we go and do something special for this fellow? So I that day I'm talking about Leon. We must have had 25 at 2530 uh, Sarsen Meadows women and kids youth uh, out at that event and sadly he passed away a couple of weeks later but it was so nice to see the tears in the eyes of his uh, his family they were so happy to see that we were there for him no matter what no matter what the circumstances if people need us we're there you know and yeah definitely like these these youth for sure are, are our future yeah Oh, that's really nice to hear. Yeah, you're bringing tears to my eyes. I know. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be a tearjerker. <laughs> so Sarsi Meadows won a co-op achievement award in, in 2017. So tell me about how your co-op celebrated this achievement. Again, this was um, something very phenomenal. It was, uh, we put out a call to, we received at the... Um, the award for a diversity, the diversity grant, as well as the uh, award for the uh, achievement. And uh, so with that came um, the funding and with that, we decided we wanted to give back to our, our community. So again, this is another tearjerker story in that um, we ended up with 14 different um, uh, countries being representative. We just went out and we just said, you know, you're from Mexico, you're from Poland, you're from India, you're from Somalia, you know, do you want to put together a booth? And that's exactly what they did. And we're able to fund them a little bit. And the people came to their booths all dressed in their uh, traditional um, outfits, as well as food, um, music. We had a, a Polish troupe that were uh, dancing for us. The thing that was cool about this to me is the um, the bonding in our community happened long before the, uh, the culture event even happened that day. Just to see all the families coming together and or Juju's mom, for instance, I remember she sent me a note saying, you know, my next door neighbor, my neighbor two doors down, I knew she was from a different country, but didn't have the opportunity to talk to her. So this was her opportunity to go knock on the door and say, hey, would you like to come um, be part of the, like represent your country? So even before the, the uh, event started, we were already building bridges. The day of the um, the event, there were some tragedy, tragedies that were happening. Um, one family, for instance, they had uh, a brother, son that was uh, going through cancer treatment. It was so important for them to be at our co-op to uh, represent their country. They wanted, they sat with the, uh, the brother in the morning um, to be with him through his surgery and then came back in the afternoon to participate. Another fellow, he had um, a sewer backup in his uh, basement the day before. I said, please, you know, don't worry about coming. He said, no, this is so important. I want to be there. Another person from another country had another uh, uh, circumstance. So one after one, uh, tell people, don't come, like, you know, deal with your family first. But this was so important. They wanted our community to get to know them. One person said to me, you know, I always wanted to travel, but I, you know, haven't been able to uh, do it for one reason or another. This culture event with 13 different countries, they were able to go from country to country and experience it right then and there. So definitely we've seen a big change in the, uh, um, in our community since then, since they got to meet the people individually, find out what they're all about. And the kids were all a really big help with all of that as well. And of course, the highlight was our mayor of Calgary came. We thought he'd come for about 15 minutes. He ended up staying for an hour. And uh, so that was pretty impressive since he was on the campaign trail at the time. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. He wanted to get the co-op votes. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, and that's what we thought. We thought he was going to be there kissing babies and getting getting the uh, the votes, but he he literally took the time. He spent 15 minutes giving a really nice um, speech about diversity and uh, thanking us for uh, for what we're doing and with the youth and the seniors. And you know, we have such a diverse uh, diverse community, so he was very um, yeah, very uh, very thankful for that. Oh, thanks for uh, for shedding some light on on your uh, your achievement and, and how you celebrated that. So, um, so this is a, just a, a general question for anyone who wants to, to answer it. So your co-op sounds like a really wonder world. It doesn't just sound it, it is a really wonderful community. Do you feel as included uh, as you do in your co-op as you do in other settings, like in, in school or just in the general public? Um, yeah, I, I feel super included. Like I like really like that even sometimes like I, because I moved into this co-op when I was really little, so sometimes I couldn't understand things or like get what was happening. But just like the fact that I was in present while things were being discussed, or I was there, just made me feel really happy and made me feel like, okay, if I can like be present, I can also be a part of it. I can do it. Like it kind of like encouraged me to like do more, and like also how just going to the homeless feeds and just like seeing myself in pictures sometimes like some like we have like a lot of old pictures so sometimes like people will send pictures and just seeing myself in a picture will make me feel so special like I was there in that moment in that place doing something and like when people remember you too like for my a mom was like and Kathy we're gonna go to like this homeless feed for like the YYC be the change YYC or something called like that and and then Kathy remembered to call me and I felt like, oh, wow, she remembered me. Like, it was like really nice. Like, I thought like that I'm part of the woman's circle and I'm like part of everything. Fariha, did you have something to add? No, basically just going off what Juraria said, like the co-op community, it brings something that no other like community can bring. Because if you compare it to, because before I moved here, I moved here when I was around four yeah, I, I moved here when I was around four in 2012. And I used to live in an apartment. And going back, I can, I can only remember so much. But I do remember that, you know, living in that apartment, we didn't know as many people as we do now. And see, in that apartment, like, although we knew some people, we didn't know everyone. And like, yes, like you could see people walking around the apartment outside. And sometimes there'd be those like, tiny interactions but like here you have interactions like off the bat every day and it's just so nice because you see that diversity and that firsthand like gatherings and all of like the interactions that we have here is just so mesmerizing because we have that diversity and teamwork and compassion and courtesy towards others that really no other community has. Yeah, co-ops are pretty special for that, but and they're not all like that. So you're, you think you you've landed in in a really good one. <laughs> well, it's it's the people that that make it right. So, um, did anyone else have anything to add, Fatima? Um, I guess uh, just like Fariha and Juju said, there's a lot of support from the community. No matter where you will be, you just know there's a lot of people from the community that'll have your back. You don't really feel that alone. It feels nice feeling that support. Nice. So who who is the most influential person 
in your co-op? Like who, who do you look up to, to the most? Juju, you want to jump in? Um, I look up to like all those ladies that are up there doing like what they can. Like those ladies that come to the committees, members meetings, they join media committees and they do so many things. And it makes me feel like, wow, like that's so cool. Like they have kids at home. They probably have so much work to do at home but they still come out to take the time to like build the community, give back to the community. And like also those people like Betty, Carol, like those people who were there from the start and they were like there and they helped advocate for this co-op. Yeah, that, that is pretty impressive that you, that there's, you, you have all those original members that are, that are still living there. That's uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's a testimony to, you know, what a great community it is. Um, anyone else want to, to add to that, who who you look up to, any any mentors in your co-op? Well, I would say like I look up to um, basically all the women in the women's circle because of the for the outstanding work they do, and it's not just one person that I find influential; it's all of them. Nice, yeah. No point in singling one person out, eh? <laughs> it's very very democratic, very very democratic answer. <laughs> So um, in, in all housing co-ops, regardless of, of which country they're in or, or which province, they're, they're all governed by a board of directors and, uh, and by committees, different committees like finance committee, maintenance committee. Um, you know, so the people living there have, uh, you know, have a say in, in how the co-op is run and how it's financed uh, or how it spends its, uh, its finance. So um, are any of you looking forward to, to joining any committees and when you're, when you, when you're old enough to, to you know, run for the board or any of you interested in, in being involved in, in the, the democratic process of your co-op? Well, I think how the co-op is run is really nice because just knowing that it has like a nice sort of consens consensus democratic system, it's very like fair. And because even if there's a disagreement, there will always be like people who will like resolve the issue. You know, they talk about it and then they discuss the issue and then they make the decision. That is essentially like the consensus. And I love how like this community, it involves everyone and it has a really like democratic system, but like in a consensus way, you know? it. It's really nice. Shuju, you had something to say? Um, I like like how like the committees and like the board of directors and everything, it's like um, so organized and it's like in like so many, like there's a bunch of different committees for different things. And it's not like just uh, all the work or all the decisions up to one person. It's like so many people pitching in together to do something. And um, I kind of used to understand the board of directors. I didn't really know. But like, um, just like, I think it was last week or the week, yeah, last week, um, there was like, we had our annual general members meeting and there, like, I thought, it, I, I really like listening to it. I listened to like almost all of it and it was really nice. And there was like an election going on and like, um, my neighbor was like going for it. So we were like all, me and like my siblings were all cheering for her also for the board of directors on a side note, it was really nice. Cause like it was, it's kind of like a small country. It makes me feel like, um, like there's like, like so many different people. And it also helped me when we were learning like democracy at school. Cause like I could like get like, there's a president, prime minister. And then 
I kind of felt like that there's like a chair and a committee and it was kind of like connecting. Yeah, it's just on a on, on, on a much smaller scale, but it, it's, you know, they're both democratic systems. So, yeah, and you're seeing it, you're seeing in practice in your co-op. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and like my mom was also in the education committee and I was like, um, like, I think it was like last year, I asked her if I could join too. And she was like, um, I don't think so, you're too young. And I was like really mad about that, that I couldn't join. So I'm really looking forward to join a committee. Nice. Does anyone else have uh, any family members that are on a committee or on the board? My mom, she's on the membership committee. And like, that is like when, I'm pretty sure that committee is the committee that sort of um, whitelist the people that go into the houses and I've seen her like do some of it with Auntie Kathy and like I've sort of seen how it works not like entirely but like I've like watched her talk with Kathy for hours and then just you know doing this and she's like you know she has like other work to do but she's still like you know she gets that work done and this plus watching four other five kids so it's a it's a lot of work to juggle but just you know knowing that you need to do it because like I not the most best person at doing work because I put off homework a little bit but she takes care of five kids she does this and then she has like a bunch of housework and then she has her own personal stuff too so just doing all of that juggling all that work it's hard but see, when she's doing this, giving back to the community, that's what makes co-op such a great place. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty inspiring, you know, to to see someone, you know, devote like the, you know time that they don't really have to to their co-op, to their community. Like that's a testament to how much she cares about it. Exactly. Yeah. So, do you see yourselves continuing to live in a housing co-op and would you recommend it to to others who are considering moving into a housing co-op yeah i would i would recommend it to others because it's like this whole community that's just with you along the way that you're living here and it's and anyone would feel lucky to live in a co-op just like this so i would definitely recommend it to others i think i can see myself living in this co-op for a long time. I actually think I want to live here my whole life. But me and my siblings always like fight on who's gonna get this house. So like we always have like an argument every few days. And also I would really recommend this co-op too because it's like a very tight place. We like have a huge diversity. We share so many things. And like like for example, um we used to go to Marla's house and she used to teach us how to bake and th- those used to be really fun. And like she taught um, us how to make cinnamon buns one time and me and my mom still use that recipe and make it. Oh, nice. You're making me hungry. <laughs> it's quarter to seven here in Ottawa. So it's, uh, it's time to eat some cinnamon buns. Um, so one last question about the, the co-op principles and values, because one of you mentioned uh, one of the principles, which is Number seven, concern for community. Um, so what do you know about the co-op principles and values? And do you practice any of these in, in your own life? You know, have you learned about the co-op principles in, you know, from living in your co-op? And has it, you know, like kind of uh, spilled over into 
into your your personal life? I think like the first one, voluntary and open membership is a really big one. And like, I think like I like we practice that by like, um, like for our 50th anniversary, we had like, um, like a huge, like the cultural day and like those kind of events that we have. Like one time I um, volunteered in mini donuts and like, it was like a whole like big thing. So there was like bouncy castles, like a lot of stuff that we could do. There's an escape maze. So then um, like people would be like playing on those like for so long and they'd get like so tired and then like they'd come for like a snack and then when they see the mini donuts they used to get so happy because like mini donuts are like mini and small and like they're quick and easy to go so they could just like bite into them and they used to get super happy. I love how you went from talking about open voluntary membership to donuts. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that comparison, but hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Anyone else have uh, have learned anything from the co-op principles, Fadiha? I think the co-op principles have taught me a lot because the journey from living here along the way, I've learned so much. And the memories that I've made, it's just so heartwarming. And like I said, volunteering in these events, all these co-op values like caring, equality, equity, all of them, you just, they get embedded and and you embrace them because the ladies at co-op, they know, actually know everyone at co-op. They are so caring and you learn something every time, like, you know, along the way, I have learned so much from co-op and I can definitely see a bright future for co-op because all of these women who make the world a better place, they certainly know how to run a co-op. And that's very good. I know there's a lot of emphasis on on the women. Are there are there any men that are that are involved in in the leadership of, of the co-op and in the in the community? Well, sometimes like in events, right? Like my dad and like my friends' dads, they'll like come and they'll help out too. And like even they'll just, you know, if someone needs like a ride or like after school. Because in school, we've been learning about, you know, burning carbon and pollution into the air. And we've been learning about carpooling a lot. And essentially, we do that a lot since, you know, half of us go to the same school. So essentially, like just one parent would like about a couple parents would come and then everyone would get into the cars and then go. But sometimes like in the summer and in the spring, it just be a walking school bus. You just see like 20 kids and like three adults just walking back to Sarsi Meadows and that one time there was these people in a car and they were driving by and then they were just looking at us like are all those kids what's going on and it was really funny but I also really like it because you know walking back to from school with all my friends it's really nice yeah you're and and you're getting exercise too yeah not that gym is enough exercise but I mean yeah more exercise more you're outside yeah speaking to the men uh the men are very heavily involved as well when we go down to feed the homeless for instance the men are all there side by side with us helping us set up um and as far as the events in the uh, in the co-op as well they're always there every time we have an event from a barbecue to a breakfast whatever they're always out there barbecuing pitching in any way that they can so we are very very blessed i know um very early on with the women's circle, some of the men came up to us and said, uh, is there a version of the men?
men's like maybe a men squared except you're on your own for that <laughs> by the men i can say the men are all very proud of the uh, the women in the women's circle as well as the kids so yeah they're on they're behind the scenes but they're with us all the time mm, glad to hear i can also learn a lot from like my neighbor he like and on winter i like see him like early in the morning always shoveling snow and he shovels his snow and not only his but he also does ours and it makes me like feel really happy and I was like that to know that I have like such nice neighbors that I can rely on and like that can make me happy and it also teaches me that like by seeing him I get encouraged to also shovel snow which makes my parents really happy. Do you still have snow in Calgary? Um it's almost all melted which is really nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, we still have a little bit here too. I'm still cross country skiing, so there's there's enough enough snow to do that. But I think uh, in a week or so we'll be we'll be looking at grass. Hopefully, it'll be nice. So, um, anyone else have anything to add? Yeah, with the neighbors, if you would like, if you want amazing neighbors that are always there for you, always helping you, always smiling at you, I would so recommend this co-op. Nice. So that covers all the, the questions that I had uh, that I had planned. We really appreciate you taking the time. And it's as when I read the um, the essays from the kids as well, I was I would have to say I was surprised, very pleasantly surprised to see that they're watching and learning from from what we're doing. And if we can encourage other cops to do us to do this as well, um, it's well worth every every effort that we put in. So. No, we thank you. Yeah, and uh, and you know, and the, the women's circle too is uh, is a really nice initiative that I hope uh, other co-ops can can adopt as well because it's you know it's it's a really great concept and 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 uh, and you know the youth are part of it too and have learned so much you know humility and generosity and compassion and like you know these are all values that uh, you know that that make the world a better place so. Uh, it's really nice to, to hear those stories. Okay, well, enjoy the rest of your day. Good luck in school. Good luck in your co-op. And uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. Sounds good. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, all you, do, you kids. <laughs> Take care. Okay. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. Thank you for giving Thank us this so opportunity. My pleasure. And thanks, Kathy, for for coordinating this and uh, and for finding these great these great young people to talk to today. Oh, we are totally blessed. I'm blessed to be a part of all their lives, that's for sure. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Co-op Conversations. We hope that it provided a better understanding of what life is like in a housing co-op. If you're interested in finding out more, you can visit us at housinginternational.coop. We feature many stories and resources on our website with useful tools, studies, and articles on topics ranging from governance to finance to sustainability and so on. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, where we like to share stories and good practices of co-op housing around the world. If you want to find a housing co-op in your region, I suggest that you do an online search for co-op housing along with the name of your city and hopefully something will come up. I would like to thank all of our guests for sharing their stories with us. I would also like to thank our sound technician, Todd LeBlanc, who also lives in a housing co-op in Vancouver, Canada. Thanks for listening.